even if it doesn't work out completely well, I know I'll be okay. Whereas yeah. I think listening to all the other opinions about what you should do and not trusting yourself, that comes from like a philosophy of lack where you're like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to be okay if I don't make the right decision here, you know? Mm -hmm. Welcome to The X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. I'm Claire. And I'm Janice. We are breakup coaches, here to help you beat your breakup, heal your broken heart, and move on to an amazing, abundant life. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the most recent of the x-files episodes i don't know what i'm saying it is true possibly not by the time you listen so you know also true yeah but i'm trusting that this was how i was meant to introduce this episode and we're ready to go. Before we jump into it, I just want to share about our Patreon. Again, we are new to the Patreon world, but we're really excited to offer a lot of extra stuff over there. We're really excited to share it with you. And this basically just helps us continue to create resources for those who are healing from a broken heart and desire happy, healthy relationships with themselves and with others. And if you love X-Files, this is a way to support us and say thank you and also get access to a lot of extras because we want it to be really worth your time. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so get the link at the very top of the show notes to become an X-Files insider today. Yep, we can't wait to get to know all of the patrons. So yeah, come be come be one of the first to to join us. And you know, if you've ever DM'd us or if you've ever thought about DMing us and thanking us for the show, this is another way that you can uh, thank us. And if you would like to add power to your moving on journey, if something like building self trust resonates with you, if you're struggling to put your breakup behind you once and for all coaching and getting some one-on-one -on -one support is a great, 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 and very, very, very effective way to do that. We would both love to work with you right now. The best way to get information or to set up an explorer exploration call, exploratory call, I think is where I was going with that an explorer um, call <laughs> is um, currently on Instagram. So send one of us a DM. We will get in touch with you and make sure that you have all the information and support that you want or need if that's how you want to look at it. Yeah, exactly. And I think we have options for people depending on what you need. And yeah. it's just, you know, it's so rewarding for us. Like today I'm recording the podcast, going to do a bunch of other work in the meantime, and then I'm coaching this evening. And it's just like, I woke up this morning so excited to, you know, talk to the audience and then talk one-on-one. -on -one. And it's, it's just amazing. So if you feel called, please get in touch and yeah, continue making my day. <laughs> oh, that's um, sweet. <laughs> All right. So let's get into developing self-trust after a breakup. I have been really excited about doing this one. In fact, that's why we took a break because I have been working on it for a little while. Yeah. Um, I thought that maybe we could first 
make sure that we get clear on what we are talking about when we say self-trust. So this has been something that I have been working on for a a really long time. Um, It's a big part of kind of my hero's journey or my backstory as, as to how I got here. And when I really think about it, my definition is quite simple. It's that self-trust is my faith in my decision-making ability and my willingness to listen to my intuition. Mm. What about you, Claire? Yeah. Um, I completely agree. It's yeah. It's related to confidence. I think, I think you need self-trust to have confidence. Mm -hmm. And I think when people talk about confidence, a lot of times they're talking about self-trust and that ability to, um, like actually believe that you're making the right decision when you do make a right decision, you're not second guessing yourself. Um, and you're willing to listen to your intuition, even if it doesn't make sense to other people, especially if it doesn't make sense to other people. So yeah, um, for me, my growth edge for self-trust has been trusting more than just my in the moment feeling. Like when I spiral, I spiral hard. So Mm. it can be hard for me to remember when I'm like in that that dark place of lacking self-trust. It's hard to remember why I made decisions that I made, like how good I even felt like the day before. And I'm just like, no, this is all that exists. Clearly everything sucks, but Mm -hmm. it's actually fine. And it passes very quickly as long as I just let it pass without attaching too much of a story to it. So for me, it's like my, I have areas where I have really good self-trust where I'm like unshakable. And then I have areas where self-doubt, I guess, is coming in and that's where my growth edge is so yeah overthinking and then assuming someone else's opinion is more value valid than my own that's where i grow the most with self-trust so giving you a idea maybe of what the the other side of it can be and there's you know like 90 percent of my life i'm like good i got it (laughs) but Mm -hmm. You know, when it comes up, it's very noticeable for me. Um, Miriam Webster, we asked her um, what self-trust is for her. And um, the dictionary said, great faith in oneself or one's abilities. And yeah, so like, I guess I was focusing more on decision-making, but- Yeah, I was gonna say- too. This is what the dictionary said, but I also think that it, for me, it has a lot more to do with decision-making. I would have maybe put the definition that Merriam-Webster's has more in the confidence. Um, um, But you know what? It's, I like to talk about, you know, what, what's out there. Um, So, you know, yeah, that's what this said. No. And I'm sure it depends on the person too, where they're like, yeah, I trust my decision-making ability. I'm just not sure if I'm actually good at the things I'm supposed to be good at, you know? Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I do think self-confidence and um, self-trust are related, but, but different for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we know what we're talking about now. So let's talk about why it is crucial after a breakup or, you know, last week we talked about um, working on yourself and I thought, you know, maybe we could talk about 
you know, why a breakup, this might be a good thing to explore after a breakup. You know, um, it's a really good opportunity, I think, to kind of strengthen the, the self-trust muscle. Let's talk about why. So why is a breakup podcast doing a, an episode on self-trust? First yeah. of all, it is really easy to doubt yourself after a breakup if you think that you made decisions in your last relationship that led to pain. Often in relationships, we make decisions based on things feeling really good in the moment, right? It's easy to see red flags and still feel good. It is easy to have doubts about something while still riding really high in a new relationship. These things can and often do coexist. (laughs) Often the feel goods outpower the whispers that something might not be quite right. Again, you can have these whispers, but still be feeling amazing. Um, and yeah, I mean so much so that you hear it, but you almost don't notice it because it feels so good. Um, it's really easy to worry that you'll never know if you're making a good decision after a relationship ends. If you use this time to explore what self-trust looks like to you, you can actually strengthen your ability to use your intuition if you use this experience as a case study. And we're going to talk more about how to do that. You know, you might have, you might be thinking to yourself, I can't believe all of the horrible decisions I made. I can't believe I ended up with that person, but you can turn that around and use that to strengthen your intuition. So yeah. Keep Definitely. with us here. <laughs> yeah. And it, I think it, my theory is it comes from experience. So confidence and self-trust is often impacted after a breakup. So you can doubt yourself um, when a relationship has ended, especially if we didn't want it to. It's easy to feel rejected or feel that the other person didn't choose us and that there's something unlovable about you. It could also make you feel like, how did I not see this coming? I thought everything was fine. Like this really came, um, I'm blindsided. We hear a lot of the time Um, and that can impact self-trust because you're like, I trusted this person. Next, often during a breakup, we hesitate to do what is right for ourselves or hesitate to put ourselves first. That's a big thing. Um, And after a breakup, a lot of people are impacted and have like both sides of the emotional coin. Mm -hmm. And they still have the tendency to be thinking about what's best for my ex or what's going to feel good in the moment, like texting or checking their social media or like reaching out. And Mm. even when they know the consequences, the pain in the moment is so bad that it can make you um, continue to make kind of bad decisions. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, you Mm. know, not be doing, um, not listening to what's right for you. You're listening to what could possibly stop the pain in this moment. So Mm. examples of how this can show up during a breakup I feel bad, I wanna be nice, maintaining an open door without really knowing why, worrying about how your ex will perceive you blocking or not responding to them. I I get a lot of um, questions about 
well, you know, I know my ex has poor mental health, like they're really struggling. It actually mm -hmm. contributed to the breakup a lot of the time. Yeah. And they're worried like, oh my God, am I going to like damage their mental health if I don't respond to their texts? Yeah. I, we talk about that a lot. I mean, yeah. I think sometimes, you know, people look for reasons to maintain contact. Um, yeah. And that's a very, that's a very valid, it's a, it's a valid reason and it feels really valid, um, but probably an, a topic for another episode. Yeah, <laughs> But again, you're more putting the other person first. Um, I've been hearing a lot lately. Um, oh, if I block them, you know, they're going to think they're getting to me. Or if I block them, you know, <laughs> I won't look like the bigger person. It's oh, like, yeah. it's all about, you know, them rather than yeah. um, what's what's best for you. And this is, which is especially sad when it's when, you know, from people who really have a hard time not continuing to, to check, you know, their phone and yeah. look at old messages and look at someone's social media, they're still saying, well, you know, I want to look like, you know, they're not getting to me. It's like, but they are getting to you. They are. <laughs> you're, you're miserable. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, <laughs> it's also, so what? Like, if, if I know, I know, is if you know your ex so well that you can read their mind, and their mind is saying, oh, if they're blocking me, that means that I'm affecting them. First mm -hmm. of all, fuck that person. I know. Um, second of all like now they can't affect you anymore so you're actually you're setting a boundary you're protecting yourself and just because they may have had an effect before that now they can't so uh, yeah check yeah. out our episode on blocking it's just a little ways down in the feed i don't remember yes. what number um but we go we take a really deep dive dive an entire episode on blocking and how it's this radical form of self-care and self-love yeah. and why you should do it yeah Check that yeah. out. We're going yeah. on a tangent, but I think we're very passionate I think, about it. Yeah. Um. You, you know. I mean. Okay. I'll just say. It. You know. I had this experience the other day where something on my Facebook memories popped up with me saying that my ex was my soulmate, oh. and he was. Okay. This is laughable. I said that he was the most supportive partner anyone could ever ask for. <laughs> so right. the relationship was kind of already going downhill at that point. I. I remembered. Yeah. Um, and I was just, I was trying so hard to like convince myself that, you know, to keep working at it. Uh, but anyways, um, my point being, I have had him and his family. And I think a couple of his friends blocked these, this entire 12 years. Yeah. And, you know, when I came across that Facebook memory, I, it didn't really phase me. I thought it was funny. I was like, lol. Whereas, <laughs> like, you know, wow. I think a lot of people would be very sidetracked by that. Yeah. And I chalk it up to um, having him blocked and not, you know, not yeah. knowing what he's up to. So yeah. that's just me. And, and growing your own self-trust because I think those posts, especially cause I've done a similar thing where it's like, I have to post this mushy gushy post because I have to prove that I love this person. And it's because I'm not trusting my like little niggle at the back of my brain being like, this would be easier if you actually were meant to be with this person and you wanted, you know, like if, if things were perfect, not that things are ever perfect. So our language holds us back. Sometimes I think the, like the language that we have learned to describe love and relationships does put us in corners. Right. 
um, you know, looking for something to be perfect. Okay, that's a sidetracked thought, but I don't know. It's it's one of those things where you have to wonder when someone's put posting something that's like, this person's the most amazing person in my entire life. And that, like, especially when they're talking directly to the person, this is kind of judgmental of me, but when they're like, James, mm. I love you so much. Mm. You are my soulmate. And I'm like, maybe just tell it to them. I agree. I, I, I mean, and this wall. could again be another episode, like the yeah. things that we do on social media, when we're in relationships, I've come to, I've come to be able to pinpoint so many things because I'm in, you know, in this line of work, I can pinpoint what's going on in someone's relationship based yeah. on what they're doing, um, online and yeah. I've done it myself. I often exactly. talk about laundry boy and we were re- ridiculous on Facebook when we first got together I was I'm so embarrassed now and I will never do that again yeah (laughs) but yeah it's just it's overcompensating and I think Mm -hmm. some things are even more special when you just um, share them with your yeah but yeah again um neither here nor there right (laughs) exactly yeah and it's all a learning experience like we've all done it probably many many times and, but I just thought it was interesting how you said, like, especially saying that he was the most supportive person, it had an irony after the fact oh, yeah. that you oh, can yeah. now recognize. But Big time. Big at the time. time, if you, you know, had more personal growth and stronger self-trust under your belt, which is no fault of your own at the time, it's just part of growing, you might have recognized it in the moment, maybe. Yeah, completely. Who knows? I always like to say I'd like to think I'd make different decisions. Um, But yeah, um, it's hard to say, though. I have been getting out there a little bit and have been making very good decisions. So, all right. (laughs) Back to (laughs) self-trust and why it's so important after a breakup. If we stayed in a relationship that was bad for us or ignored the red flags, it can be easy to feel that we can't trust ourselves. Building this back up is a practice and then it leads to more self-confidence and it leads to a lot of self-love and you'll really be unstoppable. Um, I just happened to watch yet another Nexium documentary um, over the weekend. Um, it's just by coincidence that I watched it when I happened to be writing this episode. It was really good. It's called Seduced Inside the Nexium Cult. And it follows the story of that woman, India, whose mom had gotten her out. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think a four part series or something. And she mentioned a lot, especially at the very end, you know, she's been out now for two or three years. And she says that she still doesn't know if she can trust herself. And she's still learning what self-trust means to her because she ignored so many red flags for so long and convinced herself so many steps along the way that she needed to continue to do this, you know, insane thing. And she said at the very end, she's like, I just hope I can get it back because it messed with my head so much to look back and realize that I you know, ignored so many things that were just right in my face. And I really, my heart just so went out to her and I can, I can get that. And I think a lot of listeners can get that too. I speak with my clients all the time when they say, you know, things were so great. You know, I thought they were the one. And when we, when we dive in the first red flag, 
was early, like yeah. in some cases before people were even exclusive with each other, um, like early, early, early. Yeah. And it can, yeah, it can shake us when we realize what, yeah. you know, yeah. But it is learning, you know? Yeah. Well, um, oh yeah. We're going to, um, talk about how to turn that around for sure. Yeah. Um, um yeah, we, we want to talk a little bit about our own personal stories yeah. with developing or not having self-trust. And, um, for me, uh, I had good amounts of self-trust. Like I, especially in relationships. Um, you know, I've talked about the toxic ex where there was, you know, he stonewalled me one night basically. And, you know, there was other stuff contributing to that, but that was like the first, like, this is a bad dynamic moment. And I trusted that and I got out and, you know, you know the story yeah. if you've listened yeah. to our other episodes so like that was like I think once I know how I feel about something I do trust that yeah and everyone else like you can you can develop this as well yeah. and you can feel good and have a whisper and then go with the whisper I've done it recently as well um you can also feel like you've lost it and then regain it so oh, yeah. I went through that <laughs> mm -hmm. um with dumpster fire i didn't know what uh love bombing was at the time if i knew what it was i probably would have recognized it um you know it was very love bomby in the first place there are now moments i can look back and be like oh wow that was a really big red flag um and that actually was one of the biggest struggles for me after the relationship because it was the first time I really 100% was like, this is it. Like, this is the guy. Like other other people I've been with, I'm like, oh, it'd be cool if they were the person. Like, what if they are? You know, I'm like asking me these myself these questions in an optimistic way, but I wasn't like, this is it, 100% certainty. Now I see that as a red flag if I feel that way things are weird. Um, but getting out of the relationship, I was like, how could I be so wrong? How could I read someone so wrong? And yeah, that was uh, yeah. so hard for me. That mm -hmm. was the part that was really hard for me after the fact. And, you know, I would really went into a place of like, kind of self punishment, because I was like, I can't trust myself. So, you know, I'll just do whatever. Um, <laughs> and it was really bad. So, but I have gotten a lot better since then with my own self-trust. Um, yeah. And everyone listening can as well. Like I keep on saying, use this as an opportunity um, and you'll get there. You, you, you know, you might have better relationships than you ever thought possible because of, because of, you know, not listening to yourself before. And another reason that um, building self-trust is so important after a breakup, breakup brain. We know that this resonates with a lot of people. Breakup brain can make us feel like we are out of control of our actions and can lead to us doing things that we wouldn't do otherwise. These, this out of control feeling can have many negative consequences, some of which lead us to be second guessing ourselves. 
Working on self-trust helps us to know the difference between what is really good for us and what our deepest self wants for the future and emotions and desires caused by stress, anxiety, or grief. All right. And that's what we are acting on when we have breakup brain. So Claire, you just told us a little bit about your experiences with self-trust. Does anything else come to mind? I mean, like one example that's coming to mind is um, talking about exes. So, you know, he had talked openly about other exes and there was this one ex where it was kind of like, yeah, we dated and things fell apart and there was not a lot of information he provided and it was the style was in contrast to his other exes. And that was the one, of course, that eventually he was like, I'm still in love with her. We should do <laughs> an episode on talking about the ex, both yeah. how you do it and how someone else does it. Yeah. Um, I personally, I don't know if I have, I have a little bit of experience. Um, my abuser would say that his ex was crazy and he had all these mm. outlandish stories <laughs> about things that she did. And, right. you know, I came to find out that it was very much the other way around. Um, so I do have experience with it. And again, a red flag that I, I didn't just ignore, I convinced myself to not look at it. Yeah. Um, but I think that that can make for a really interesting episode. So if anyone has any yeah. you know, like crazy stories about the way that someone talked about an ex that came back to be very revealing, um, hit us up. Maybe we can share yeah. your story on an episode. Yeah. And it, you know, it, it really rubs up close against self-trust because I remember the moment when this was happening and I literally was like, it felt like something paused in me and I was like, nah, and continued with my life. Like mm -hmm. it was, there was a moment where something fell off, but I didn't, it was almost like I didn't even like pay attention to the moment. Like I recognized the moment, but I just, it was, so, it's kind of like when you, you have been in a room so many times that you don't even really like look around at the room. You just, you notice things, but you're not paying attention to things. It's like mm -hmm. that where it's like, yeah, I noticed that the sign had fallen over or something, but I yeah. wasn't like, maybe I should fix the sign or something. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it, it is really interesting, like recognizing those pauses after uh -huh. the fact. I'm thinking it's about my own experience now that you're saying this fact. as well. And God, it is so complicated. Um, yeah. Ignoring red flags and cognitive dissonance, which I think we need when we're in a really bad situation and we convince yeah. ourselves to stay in it. It's, it's such a complicated thing. Um, but, and it, yeah, I can definitely say that it really, really, really messes with your ability to trust yourself in the future. Um, I very intentionally decided I was going to work on my self-trust and my self-reliance because when I was, when I was living in Australia, I cannot overstate the horrible decisions that I made. <laughs> I mean, and again, cognitive dissonance where it's like, I knew something was wrong and I knew something was false, but I just felt, I just, I kept myself going because I didn't want to look at the other options. Mm. And it was hard for me to, I didn't want to take responsibility for my life. I was always, you know, hoping for a hero, hoping that something external was going to 
fix things. And my, I mean, my life was a complete disaster. I didn't have anywhere to live. I didn't have any money. I didn't have a job. I didn't have anything in my life that I felt proud about. I didn't have the ability to be faced with a problem and just sit with it. And it really, it was very destructive. It had a horrible, um, concept. It had a horrible impact on my life. And so when I was at my most rock bottom moment, I finally decided that I was going to work on this and almost like I was going to start shutting other people out, which mm-hmm. I know it sounds negative, but for me, I just felt like I've lost my ability to navigate the world alone or without the input from others. And so I actually have to deliberately um, exclude others from my yeah. life for a while. And I, I, and also might sound lonely, but for me, it, um, it was transformative. Um, and I, I, I did get it back event eventually yeah. for sure. And I know that people can as well. That's awesome. Okay. So why is self-trust important for overall well-being, for dating, for breakup recovery? Let's talk about it. So first, it helps us make better decisions in dating. Wow, what a concept. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) There's often a strong desire to do things better in the future and to not repeat past mistakes after a breakup. So part of developing self-trust is learning about the subtle signs as we are exploring a new situation, like meeting someone new, that we just need to take time with in order to grow and develop so growing our relationship with this inner guidance system can only lead to more comfort making decisions and making tough decisions decisions that are better for us overall but they're hard to make in the moment yeah um yeah Yeah. when you feel good around someone it can be hard to say that doesn't mean that they're the right person for me. Yeah. 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 Another reason self-trust is important after a breakup and overall is it helps us be prepared to be single and to be um, prepared to spend time alone. This period in your life for, I, I'm guessing most, if not many of the people listening, this period in your life of being single and exploring what things are going to be like after your breakup is a really, really powerful one. There is the time we need to heal, the time we need to strengthen our self-love, the time to explore what we want out of our new life and more. All of this calls for self-trust, both because you'll be spending time on your own more and because you're responsible for creating these growth opportunities. It's all on you. Okay. This really does come down to, to stepping up for yourself. Um, so the more self-love or self-trust that you develop, the more you will get out of this time. Yeah. It building self-trust also helps us self-soothe, which is super important, especially after a breakup, but Mm -hmm. also, you know, going through a relationship or working in the world like we we need to be able to um give ourselves what we look for in other people right yeah. so 
being able to turn to loved ones for support is a very beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. It's a wonderful aspect of your relationships. It can add so much to the experience of working through grief. And, but knowing that you can emotionally carry yourself through may have a transformational impact as you learn about how you show up in relationships and how you deal with stress. Yeah. You know, being reliant on something or someone outside of your life, yourself to get you through things mm -hmm. is going to hold you back. It's going to impact your yeah. the fullness of your life. You mm -hmm. know, if you're you have to pull an anchor. Right. You, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I'm and not that um leaning on others is you know, something that we're trying to discourage you from, but it's the ability to take care of yourself that, that you need. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I know that a lot, a lot of people who listen to this show, you know, consider themselves to be anxious attached. Yeah. And this is one of the most fundamental uh, characteristics of someone who identifies as anxious attached is the inability to self-soothe. Yeah. And I know that this is something that a lot of people want to overcome. And so this might be a, a way to begin to do that. Yeah, exactly. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's different tactics to do this. I think what we're saying is to um, work on becoming less dependent on just one single person who can soothe yeah. you, you know? For me, I was like anyone who will, anyone I can pull yeah. in, I would take when I was yeah. in Australia, it was, you know, I, I had a pretty big handful of people and it wasn't, I mean, I have had times in my life where I just had one person definitely when I was married, yeah. <laughs> it probably drove him crazy. Cause I was, I, yeah, I, le I leaned on him a lot, but at other times it was just kind of like anyone I can, anyone yeah. I can get, you know? Yeah. Where you're like texting the same question to like Yes. Yes. I did that all over and over and over again. And mm -hmm. it's never enough insight. Yes. Because you're compensating for not listening to your own. So you're like, if I ask enough people, I will find the right decision that I'm supposed to make mm -hmm. according to all these other people. Yeah. And it's not, it's yeah. crazy making, but more than that, it's that you can't, you can't do it for yourself. And so every time that anything happens, you're going to just feel overwhelmed. You're yeah. going to feel scared because you, you, you aren't able to, to deal with it. Um, and I mean, I want to say just exactly how deliberate I was about this after coming back from Australia. Um, I got the, not the job from hell, but a very it unhappy like job it. It copywriting. Like it, to be fair. <laughs> it was a from what you said. I'm like, that's the job from hell. Uh, it was the <laughs> copywriting job for hell uh, for a car dealership. Like what? It's just also the opposite of how I am. And yeah. oh my God. Yeah. Anyways, it imploded. I've never been the type of person who can be unhappy at work ever since no. I was like a teenager. So it all kind of, it ended, um, yeah. which I'm very grateful for, for sure. It led yeah. to, and partially because I had developed this self-trust, it led to much, much, much better things once it all, yeah. it all ended. But the day that it ended, I was in the parking lot waiting for my Uber to go home. And I had the feeling, um, swell up in me that I needed to reach out to someone for no reason. Just, I was, yeah. 
kind of upset. I was feeling anxious. I was, you know, it's an upsetting situation to have a job end. And I, I remember I grabbed my phone and I, I put it away. And again, not because it's wrong to lean on other people, but because I had told myself for this next while, I have to be the only one that I rely on. Yeah. And I, I it was a push for me to just go yeah. home and, you know, deal with it's it. But I'm glad that I, yeah, it was uncomfortable, but I'm really glad that I did. Yeah. 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 And I, oh my gosh. Yeah. Professional topics are so linked to self-trust. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I had the feeling from the first day that I took the job that it wasn't going to last. And so that is one reason why when it did end, I, I bounced back pretty fast because yeah. I always knew that it was a temporary thing to help me get settled here. Yeah. Um, but it also helped me to strengthen my, again, strengthen my intuition because I looked back and I could so clearly remember the feelings of, yeah. I don't know about this. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And sometimes you do have to take a job that's like that. You know, you make the choice. You're like, yeah. this is a short-term mm -hmm. stepping stone. Yeah. You know, I know. I said from the very beginning, I'll probably yeah. only stay here a couple months. And and I and I did. So yeah. it, that was there fine. And uh, also, it, it again, strengthened my ability when something bad happens. I step up for myself. Yeah. So going on about the importance of self-trust, self-trust creates confidence and takes you from a place of powerlessness to a place of freedom. Nice. Very related to my story. This in turn makes you more magnetic. Powerlessness is at the very bottom of the emotional scale. Remember, we talked about this in the working on yourself episode. Um, doubt is nine out of 20 on the emotional scale. Positive expectation is at a 17 out of 20. Freedom and empowered are both at 20. And these are, you know, all three things that you get when you have a high level of self-trust. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, me too. So when you build your self-trust, you will also bring better people into your life. This is closely tied to making decisions in dating because knowing that you not only have the right to choose the people you have in your life, but that you're capable of making good decisions in that selection process, that's going to support you to have abundant relationships from the workplace to the pub to the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I like that little, uh, little example. Well, um, the example that just popped into my mind um, is... Claire's in my relationship. Yeah. When I met you, I was just like, this is the person that I want to podcast with. And because I had worked on my self-trust so much, I knew that that feeling was, um, well, of course it was real, but I knew that I could trust it, even yeah. though we didn't know each other very well. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it comes from a history of either not trusting yourself and seeing where those decisions take you and then having moments where you do trust yourself and you take the leap yeah. to actually just take the one input mm -hmm. <laughs> and seeing like, wow, that worked out a lot better for me, to be fair. And I think by the time we met, we were both in that place where we've like had a history of making decisions based on our own feelings and not taking advice from other people mm -hmm. 
and being like, no, I, this is the feeling. And I'm also, you're willing to see the consequences of it. Should it not come out? I think that's part of mm-hmm. self-trust is it's like, I know I'll be okay if yeah. I follow what I believe is going to be the right thing. Even uh-huh. if it doesn't work out completely well, I know I'll be okay. Whereas yeah. I think listening to all the other opinions about what you should do and not trusting yourself, that comes from like a philosophy of lack where you're like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be okay if I don't make the right decision here, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. God, this is such a juicy topic. <laughs> I am loving this. Yes. It's yeah. a good and also, um, again, because I've had so much experience with on both sides of it, it's what a great way to explore yourself thinking yeah. about your own self-trust. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm here for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we are ready. We are excited. <laughs> I'm loving this. Awesome. Um, and I'll jump in here if you don't mind. Um, if you have more self-trust, Uh, you know, and this is a very hot topic right now, rejection. You know, a lot of people are talking about, about rejection. And I think that if you have self-trust that you'll, instead of even seeing it as rejection, you'll just be like, well, I know I'm great. Um, that's, you know, kind of weird and, you know, just kind of going with it. Um, back to my job search, um, you know, (laughs) I, can't tell you how much I hate job searching. Um, but I know, you know, if, if there were any times that it didn't work out, I was just kind of like, well, they're dumb, you know, they should have <laughs> given me a shot, you know? Yeah, um, and then exactly. Right. I, yeah, I did. I wasn't, you know, didn't spin at all. Um, yeah. I, I had an experience in my freelancing business, um, about a year ago, I told you about this, Claire, where someone just kind of dropped me like no oh, yeah. reason. Everything was fine. They just were kind of very happy with it. You know? Yeah. They, they were, were just even saying, yeah. mm-hmm. and really rude. Like we had had a real, a fine working relationship, but you know, I had, I had some complaints, but, um, like there was no indication that it was going to be ending. And, you know, I had brought up the issue of our contract and they were really shitty to me. Just like, you know, this email serves as your notice of termination. And I was like, Whoa, where is this coming from? And, you know, I was upset about it for about a day. And then I was like, well, you know what, if they're going to regret that they did this, cause you know, I have skills that I think that they're going to need if they're transitioning in the way that they're saying they're going to transition. Yeah. And then I like, got another job that was like double the money, you know, a week later. So (laughs) exactly. It's like, uh, I'll be fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, Like a couple years ago, I would have spun out like, Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, speaking of professional self-trust, right. I spent a long time working at an animal shelter. It's hard work. It's important work but it also was very much wearing on me. And it Mm -hmm. was kind of like every day I'm like, I need to leave this, I need to leave this. And then Mm -hmm. the pandemic happened and Mm -hmm. I was furloughed and I was like, great, I should have just done this myself. But (laughs) you know, like I was like, oh, I knew this was the right thing anyway. I just was Uh taking a while to do it, Um, Uh (laughs) you know, cause yeah. yeah. There were a lot of hidden blessings from yeah. you know, pandemic, pan, pandemic, pandemic, pandemic job losses. Yeah. So, so another reason why self-trust is important, and we've kind of touched on this, 
you will go after the things that you want in life more powerfully. And therefore you'll have a greater likelihood of getting them. Yes. Yep. Oh yeah. Exactly. Because just as listening to the signs or feelings that something isn't right for you, self-trust helps us develop competent confidence and competence Both. when we feel something <laughs> is right. When yeah. we approach something we want with this level of, of confidence, we will be much more likely to achieve it. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, that's job interviews pretty much just all about like beaming out that self-trust yeah. and self-confidence mm -hmm. and you know people can feel it and mm -hmm. I think if you're exuding that you know people give you chances especially like I think you know anyone who's a woman out there uh <laughs> or a female presenting uh I just read Machiavelli for women and it's about, you know, succeeding in the workplace as a woman. There's a lot of things I don't like that are like very bitter pills that I don't ever want to do. I want to continue working for myself so I don't have to use some of these strategies. But um, one of the things in the book was saying, you know, women typically will wait until they've got 100% of the requirements that a job lists before they apply. Uh, and men yeah. will apply when they've got like 60, 70%. Right. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. if you're female presenting, please apply to jobs that you don't fully qualify for. If you've got 60% yeah. of it and you think you can learn the rest, apply. Like let's let's change that statistic. Um, but you know, it I think when you're successful in that situation, it comes from having the self-trust and being like, yeah, I don't know that tool yet, but I've learned 10 other tools over the past year. It'll be no problem. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I had uh, yeah, I like that. You're reading some interesting books lately. <laughs> um, I I think if I were to look at going after something that I really wanted, um, I I'm I think I'd say my current apartment, you know, yes. I, I didn't not know how I, I was going to make this happen. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I knew I wanted it and I knew that I could do it. And I, I put all, all my power, my intuition was just like, do this. And mm -hmm. I went with it and here I am. Here you right. are. So developing self-trust, you're like, this is great, but how do you get it? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I think we've sold it. I think we've <laughs> we've we've convinced you. We've effectively communicated that this is a very important part of breakup healing and all the other areas of your life. But how do you actually build this? So first, learn to listen to your gut. And this is an ongoing process and it's I, I don't think, you know, I'm, I haven't lived an entire lifetime um, yet, but I'm pretty sure it won't end. Um, but it does, um, it does take listening and then, and then giving it the chance to trust it, I think, before you build the skill to do mm -hmm. that. So yeah. like, at first you're like, I don't trust this at all, but this is what I'm thinking mm -hmm. <laughs> or, or feeling. Well, um, it is a feeling. And one thing that I have done in my own life, and one thing that I've encouraged my clients to do, um, because I have 
been historically someone who has gone against my intuition. And so what I have done in the past is I have looked back at all of the times that I did that. And you think back to the feeling that you had before making a decision about something and actually writing it down so that you can eat more easily pinpoint that feeling in the future. So for instance, something that came to mind when I was doing this a while back, um, I would often be in the first day of class when I was in college and have a really bad feeling about the professor. No, Mm -hmm. but because like, maybe I needed the class or I had already signed up for it or something, I would, I would push through. And every time that I did that, for instance, it ended up being a horrible class or I got a grade that I didn't think was fair. Or I felt like the professor was out to get me for some reason. And I could go into stories about, about that, but I would, but I won't. Um, so (laughs) actually pinpoint times that you've gone against it so that you can, um, you'll, you'll have the feeling when you're doing this and then you'll recognize it in the future. Yeah. So this is one of my favorite tips. I'm going to pull out my little gold tracker here. Small, consistent actions help you to build self-trust. That is why I have my Gold tracker, (laughs) because one of the things that's been the most effective for me in developing self-trust is maintaining small, short, daily habits. While it might not be for everyone, it skyrocketed me from a place of complete self-doubt and a nearly emotionally paralyzed state directly to where I am today. And I did start this, um, also back, also back in Australia. Um, the really cool thing about small daily actions is that they easily create body memories that reinforce your self-trust. Mm-hmm. When we keep our commitments to ourselves regularly, consistently, our body gets used to the feeling of being looked after by self. Yeah. Doing something for five minutes a day or sometimes less in perhaps many cases, I'd have to think about that. Um, I think five minutes is kind of the, the, um, sweet spot for me, but, um, it's an easy way to get used to giving yourself a high five and coming to trust that future commitments will be met, including making conscious, intentional decisions about future relationships. Yeah. So pick something that you want to do maybe for a month for just five minutes or something that you want to do every day, no matter what. And, you know, mark off when you do it. That's one. Yeah. One reason I really like my goal tracker is that I have like this visible um, proof that I'm keeping my word to myself. What would you say to someone who's like, I would do that, but I'm worried that I'm not going to follow through and then I'm going to feel worse about myself afterwards because I just, you know, I can't stick to something for a full month. Like that's, crazy. well, that's why I would say uh, it just has to be five minutes. Yeah. Because I do think that five minutes is something that you, you can stick to. And I, I would also say, start with a week and do something yeah. for five minutes and then add on another week, pick something that's really um, reasonable, um, and feasible, realistic. Yeah. Uh, Can you think of any other synonyms? (laughs) Um, 
gentle. I don't know. <laughs> yep. That's, that's um, what I would say. And I would say, if you are asking that question, I would say that that's a really good indication that maybe you should be working on your self-trust. If that's your worry that you won't show up for yourself, yeah. this could be, this could just transform your existence. Yeah. Yeah. And another way to manage it, if that's still, you're like, I just, my life is all over the place. Like, I don't know is to say, okay, I'm gonna do this for a month and I wanna hit 90% of the days. And that way you have some more flexibility. You're like, wow, today was insane. Like I literally don't have a moment to think I wanna crash into bed right now. Mm -hmm. It's okay because you can still hit that 90% as long as you come back tomorrow. And, yeah, I know, mean, still do it. Yeah, completely. I think, you know, pushing yourself there's something to be said for that as well. But yeah. yes, you know, sometimes, um, you know, sometimes good enough is good enough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right. So another thing you can do to build your self-trust is to learn to say no. Ah, how do you say no? It's scary. Um, so we've been talking a lot about how self-trust kind of shows up maybe in really small ways it might just be a very quiet voice or feeling um that says you know you'd rather not do something um and yet like we hear about this all the time if you're in the personal development podcasting like world you're listening to this a lot of it is about how to say no to others and be able to do that and you know if you're struggling with being able to say no to others you're not alone and it can lead to a really complicated relationship with yourself yeah because um, it's not just saying no to others it's saying no to your to yourself too yeah exactly mm -hmm. yeah you're you're saying no to yourself in order to say yes to others yeah yeah and that's that's what i yeah, I mean, I know, <laughs> but yeah, I got you. <laughs> so saying no, the opposite of what I said. Thank you. No, it's okay. Like we we all know. I just said it again. Um, so saying no comes with practice. It's something you have to lean into the discomfort, and you just have to do it. And then you start to realize, oh my God, no one died. It didn't have the negative impact that we think it will. My friends didn't hate me and stop talking to me. Like they actually just understood what was going on. They're human too. Yeah. And whether it's with work, with family and dating, you know, practice listening to that feeling of no and then acting on it. Mm -hmm. Um. And that feeling is your intuition. And the more you work on using it, the more you can come to trust yourself. And yeah. I think you'll also start um, when you do run into circumstances where someone is like, how could you say no? Or work is like, the team is going to really hate you for this or something, <laughs> for taking a day off. Oh, like, man. you're the first person to take a vacation. Like, Down in the with world. toxic work environment. Oh, yeah. No, I can tell, man. I have stories. Um, but <laughs> when you run into that, where you're like, wow, this person's like really freaking out about hearing no, you mm. realize it's a them problem. It actually doesn't. Completely. It doesn't mean anything about yourself. In yeah. fact, you're like, well, the people I want to be around in the environments that I want to be in, I want no to be an yeah. option. 
Yes. For them, yeah. for me, mm-hmm. for everyone. And also you're not responsible for anyone else's reactions and knowing that is a yeah. great way to develop self-trust. And it's a great way to have healthier relationships and a better time dating yeah. is knowing that, you know, the only reaction you need to worry about is, is your own. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this really ties in quite closely to boundaries. Um, I I'm just realizing that, um, you know, I did a clubhouse the other day and we talked about boundaries and everyone on the panel said that for them, it also, it started at work and then it bled into their personal life. And so I would challenge people if, you know, you're listening to this and thinking that this sounds, um, very confronting that you might want to start these things at work. Um, and one of them is, you know, boundaries. What do you say yes to? What do you want to say yes to? What do you want to say no to? What are your hard lines? Um, you know, I have very hard lines around my time and having establishing that at work first has helped me establish it in all areas of my life. Um, do you know how you want to be treated by others? Do you know what your expectations on yourself are? Do you know what your expectations of others are? Getting super, super clear on your boundaries and then enforcing them is a great way to come to trust yourself over time. Mm. So, I mean, this, again, this is something I do with my clients. If anyone ever says, I want to go on the apps or I think I want to start dating again, if they don't know what their boundaries are, you know, we hold back a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, your boundaries do change and oh, yeah. over time, but you should have an idea of, of some of them. Um, well, completely. You dating. completely. And you'll I'm, find more along the way. But. Yep. And that's self-trust boundaries are it's, it's self-trust completely. Yeah. Another way to develop self-trust, do the things that you know are good for you or make you happy. Look for ways to feel good. Again, the more you are used to treating yourself well, the more you will come to know that you are capable of caring and looking out for yourself. Completely. In dating, one way to build trust is to take your time with people. Think about, think about the experience of hanging out with them after you've spent time with someone about how you felt on the date, how you feel after the date, um, compare their values to yours, think about your needs, wants, desires, and how they match this person. Um, I think a lot of people go into dating um, with kind of this philosophy that if I feel like someone is the person for me, I will rewrite everything about my life in order to make it work, you know? And that's really not a good, (laughs) I've done it. I've done it. Yeah. When it feels right, it's right. Or when it's right, it's right. But it's just, it's just not true. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And it's Mm -hmm. also, you know, like think about, uh, it from your, as if you were that person, right. You wouldn't want to be dating someone who seems like they're so amazing and they're into all the same things as you. And this is so crazy. And then you find out that it's because they've just been changing their mind about literally everything in order Hmm. to come into alignment with you. It's like, it doesn't feel authentic. And it also doesn't like, it just, it feels disingenuous and like, you don't even know the person. Hmm, like, interesting. Yeah. For me, I think it's been more like sexual chemistry that has clouded my oh gotcha um, 
my clouded my judgment I think but um yeah I mean but surely I'm um I think when we're dating that yeah people might have a tendency to also change themselves to find someone Mm -hmm. or like because the sex is so good you're like damn like this person is we are romantically so linked yeah a lot of Um, people say I've never felt this way well yeah (laughs) you know which is great but what do you like what's going on in the brain as well yeah like if someone told me I've never felt this way I've never felt calmer I've never felt more myself I've never felt like I've been more free and compatible with someone that Mm. would be different. But generally when they say I've never felt this way before, it's I've never felt these insane. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's never, it's never usually about, I feel calm and I feel peaceful or seen or supported yeah Yeah. it's just the kind of chemical physical things that people are talking about yeah so Uh you know listen to your own language when you're describing someone to your friend what are you talking about exactly like are you Uh talking about how you think that this is a really um you know like a really compatible life partner or you know, if maybe you're more traditionally minded about relationships, you're like, he has a good job. He wants 2.5 kids just like I do in a white picket fence. Like he's, you know, he respects my space and yeah. my boundaries. <laughs> it's not usually about, yeah. Right. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So beware of chemistry, compatibility, that new relationship energy, NRE. Accept that you can be excited about and attracted to someone without it necessarily being an actually good match. So, Mm -hmm. you know, continue to take your time to really feel what you're feeling, even when you're enjoying these feelings. Don't rush. Slow down. Listen to Janice's episode. (laughs) (laughs) Many things that I say, including spend time alone. This was one of the best and most effective things that I did to build self-trust. So often when we feel uncomfortable about spending the weekend alone or going on a holiday by ourselves or going to a restaurant by ourselves, it's because we don't trust ourselves to look after ourselves. We don't trust ourselves to entertain ourselves. We don't trust ourselves to, uh, you know, be comfortable. We don't trust ourselves to just to be good company and leaning into that discomfort and deciding that you are going, this is something that you're going to overcome is a fun way to build, to build self-trust. If we you know, that's what it is, you know, spending the weekend alone, I know is, is hard for a lot of people after a breakup. And I, yeah, I think it comes down to not, not trusting yourself to know what to do with the time, honestly. Yep. So I would say work, work on that for sure. Another thing that you can do, give yourself time to get really clear on your feelings, your desires, your intuition. All right. Um, and the, I mean, you can do this in so many ways and often it is, you know, maybe turning off the TV, turning off podcasts, <laughs> not this one though. Um, and, you know, actually going for your walk and just listening to music or spending time meditating, journaling, thinking about what 
different things feel like in your body. In fact, just ask yourself that, you know, the next time you feel uncomfortable about something, think about the sensations in your body. The next time you feel comfortable about something, think about how it feels in, in your body. And, um, once you learn to listen to these um, feelings and associate them with your intuition, it becomes easier. Another way to develop self-trust. What do you love about yourself? This, um, I think has a really, really great snowball effect for confidence, self-trust, self-love, how you show up in the world, how you show up to others. Um, and I think self-trust comes down so much to how you honor yourself and why you honor yourself and why you want to put yourself first. And if you love yourself, then you'll be more apt or more prone, excuse me, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think so much of the messaging that we receive is about not loving yourself and is about your worth coming from loving other people, not so much from like, wow, that person has such a great relationship with herself. Mm. No one really says that, but they do recognize <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, um, I mean, you can, I mean, <sighs> Mm-hmm. They probably have in some trust. communities, maybe some circles, uh, not generally walking down the street. One last thing um, that I do, um, Claire, maybe you can tell me what you think about this. If you want to develop self-trust at the beginning of each day, think about what you want out of that day and then give it to yourself. And again, this is about body memory. This is about decision making. This is about um, showing up for yourself. It's about commitment. It's about not just coasting through life, letting things happen. It's about getting in the driver's seat of, of your life and taking the reins and making it happen for yourself. And over time you will, um, that it leads directly to self-trust. Yeah. And it's building awareness as well. If you're not aware of what you're feeling and aware of what you want, how, how do you just accidentally stumble upon it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, but, you know, I think people who lack self-trust don't even want to think about that because they don't trust their ability to, to achieve anything. Yeah. And so they, they prefer to coast through life because why would you, you know, set goals? Why would you do something like think about how you want to feel at the end of your breakup or feel at the end of the day, if you don't know that you are responsible and capable of of giving it to yourself. Mm. And I've lived unintentionally in the past. And that, I mean, that was probably a big part of what it came down to is you know, like, I've fucked up my life so bad. I've made so many horrible decisions. Why would I think to about what I want? I'm not going to have it anyway. <laughs> you know, mm, no. if I'm honest. Yeah. Hey, yeah. everyone out there. I am the opposite of that now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't even, you know, over overstate. I, I mean, I'd have to say I'm probably one of the most intentional people I know. Definitely. And um, you know what? Sometimes you got to hit rock bottom to, yep. <laughs> to, exactly. to get there. Um, but, and also I, I think it's really, really valuable that I can look back and, and see what it's like not to have self-trust and to see the opposite of that. So if you are, listening to this, just please know that it's, that it's possible, but it also starts, um, small and slowly, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Start small. One small way to start 
positive affirmations. We love yeah. the affirmations here. So we covered so much on today's episode that it might seem like self-trust is like a bigger job than it is. Um, we like to be comprehensive. So that's why. Um, and this also happens to be definitely one of Janice's favorite topics. Mine too, whether I call it self-trust or confidence or intuition that like we love this shit we're passionate <laughs> we're, we're passionate, passionate about what this can, what this has done for our lives and yeah. what it can do for listeners and clients so we hope you will take what really resonates with you start small build on it and then return to the episode when you're ready for more in the meantime, one way to make meaningful shifts is to use affirmations. We have put together a list for you to use in your self-trust path. If you want a bunch of tips on using affirmations to heal from a breakup, be sure to check out episode 25, The Power of Affirmations, along with the bonus episode or bonus resource right after. So I have five um, affirmations for building self-trust. Um, Claire, why don't we uh, swap? Okay. I love learning to listen to my intuition. I make good decisions. I appreciate that I can rely on myself. I really like that one. Yeah. So I'll repeat it. I appreciate I can rely on myself. Mm. It is okay to slow down. I don't have to figure everything out at once. Mm. I am learning and growing every day. So good. I am so excited for anyone out there who has decided that they want to explore their self-trust. I also want to say, you know, good luck to anyone who hit play on this episode and who, you know, might be struggling after a breakup. You so, so, so have got this, um, you know, it's, it's day by day as far as, you know, rebuilding self-trust and self-confidence after a breakup, but it's entirely possible. And yeah, you got this. Yeah, you've got it. We're here to support you and it is a journey. It won't be perfect. It happens day by day mm -hmm. in taking those small steps in trusting yourself. So, um, yeah, we believe in you and we know you've got this and with that, I think we've we've covered it. Let's end. We this covered episode. that was a that was a self trust <laughs> thesis or a self trust deep dive. Um, yes. we appreciate everyone who is here. We love our listeners so much. You've made this, you know, such a such a great journey and experience for us, and it's not over yet. <laughs> so we'll see you back next week. Thank you for listening to X Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. If you liked this episode, please help others find us by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or by following the show on Spotify. And if you'd like to connect more with us and learn about break approaching, find us on Instagram at X-Files Podcast.